Welcome to Unabridged Conversations, the Black Radical Tradition. This podcast features unedited interviews from most of the participants in the documentary film project, Conversations, the Black Radical Tradition, released in 2021 by BK Scholar Productions. Each interview is introduced by Conversations director, filmmaker, and interviewer, Edwion Easy Stokes. This episode of Unabridged Conversations, the Black Radical Tradition, features former Black Liberation Army member and current political prisoner, Sundiata Akoli. This interview was filmed between 2017 and 2018 over the telephone. Paul, it's now being recorded. Excellent. So, um, everything, how are you today? Yeah, I'm doing good. Okay, cool. So I'm I'm gonna start because I know time is limited for you and uh, things of that nature. Uh, you going to hold on for a second? He what? He, I took the mic off of him. Okay. Oh, got you. Okay, cool. So um, my first question for you, um, I want to know how how did you get involved? How did you first get involved with uh, radical politics? Uh, uh I got uh, uh involved in. I guess radical politics is be conventional politics anywhere else. But uh I uh volunteered to uh, go to uh, Mississippi and uh register voters. And mm-hmm. at that time uh registering and voters were black, but it was a radical political uh, situation. Anyway, uh that was in nineteen sixty four and uh uh in nineteen sixty eight I joined the Black Panther Party. What uh what what's what was attractive to you about the Panther Party? Sort of uh, what uh talk about some of their principles. What was going on in your life that you figured, or that you thought that this was something that you that you wanted to be a part of? Oh uh, well, they were uh, struggling to uh, liberate black people, to free black people from uh, 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 racism and from uh. uh Political oppression and uh, and for freedom, uh, controlling the uh, politics of uh, the black community. Mm-hmm. In ni- in 1969, uh, you were arrested in in the Panther 21 conspiracy case. If you could talk to me about what was that uh, Panther 21 conspiracy case, and what do you remember most from it? Uh, mostly uh, that. Uh, uh, it was a uh, arrest of the uh, they arrested the entire leadership of the uh, New York New York uh, Panther Party, uh, and that uh, uh, we were on trial. And I remember the uh, various people uh, that uh, participated in the trial, particularly Trina uh, Shakira, who was a uh, Tupac's mother. Not at that time, but she was. Uh, uh, he was birthed soon after we were acquitted. Uh, we were on trial for two years in hearings and in a trial, and uh, we were acquitted in less than two hours. Uh, and uh, other uh, people, Jeruba Moore, who was a very uh, political and and uh, presented a good uh, defense for uh, Michael Tabor, who represented himself. Uh, Petey represented herself in those by proxy. Uh, Michael Tabor 
did too, and uh, he had a deep baritone voice that made him an excellent speaker and a lawyer. And uh, Lamoma Shakir was the uh, lead defendant, uh, and uh, he was a uh, uh, Phoenix Shakir's husband. And uh, they uh, were dumping everything on uh, Lamoma and us, you know, the remaining of us too. But they were obsessed with uh, sending him a. Uh, away forever and we all were facing 400 years and uh, he uh, portrayed an a, a amazing leadership role for someone so young and under all that pressure and knowing that uh, he was being framed up and that we were all being framed too and uh, uh, I, I just uh, remember how everyone conducted themselves and uh we came through and got a, a acquitted, which was a major victory at that time of uh, in the in, uh, struggle. I want to ask you. Um, so a, a couple of years later, uh, May 1973 in New Jersey, um, you were ambushed by uh, New York State uh, troopers. You're with uh, Zaid Shakur and, uh, of course, Asada Shakur. Um, can you talk about or, or what? What do you remember from that night? I remember that, first of all, I was shot at point blank three times that night and that uh, uh, that I was hit twice. Uh, the uh, trooper uh, pulled me over, stopped me, and asked for my driver's license and registration. And then he went, I gave it to him. And by that time, the, other, uh, the backup trooper had come. And uh, he went to the Pontiac, I was driving the Pontiac, uh, to inspect the uh, registration numbers. And the uh, the backup trooper moved me to the other side of the car, uh, the passenger side, and they began to search me. And he, uh, you know, took my uh, clip and a uh, uh, 380 uh, pistol from me and, uh, you know, Hollered that uh, I was dirty, and then he began pistol with me, hit me upside the head, knocked my glasses and head off, and was uh, uh, pistol whipping me, and knocked me into the uh, back rear fender of the Pontiac, and instantly uh, gunfire barrage broke out on the other side of uh, the driver's side of the Pontiac, and once that happened, I knew. Uh, Basically, I was dead, and so uh, I he grabbed the uh, barrel of the pistol that he was pistol with and pushed it away, and he fired through the weapon in my hand, and uh, gunfire was going off all around then, and uh, we came to kind of like a stalemate over by uh, the cruiser car that was behind mine, and... Uh, I happened to look over the roof, and the other trooper was aiming a gun at me, and uh, I saw a puff of smoke come out, and uh, blacked out and went down. Uh, I came to, Zaid was uh, telling me to get up, get up. I got up, and we started back to uh, the Pontiac, and uh, and uh, uh, this call is from a federal prison. 
uh, I thought it was laying half in and half out of the car, so I propped Vade up. He was uh, uh, in really bad shape, uh, in a, uh, so I propped him up by the uh, Pontiac, uh, took a solder, put a, uh, in the back seat, put Zade in the front seat, and uh, drove away. Uh, the car was all shot up, you know. Uh, blood was running in my ass, and, you know, wound in my head, top of my head, and, uh, uh, and you know, my hand. And uh, uh, a father was saying that her hand was shot off. She was getting a little hysterical. And Azeeb uh, wasn't saying anything. He was in really bad shape. So uh, I decided that we had to uh, switch cars and get out and uh, find another car. So uh, uh, I stopped, and there was a restaurant kind of across the turnpike, less than a eighth of a mile from where I stopped. And uh, I took a... Uh, a father laid her in the grass, took Vade out, laid him in the grass, and started back to the Pontiac to uh, get the, our luggage out of the trunk. And uh, the other trooper that had been ahead, he passed by, and uh, I guess by, you know, his must have seen his car was all shot up and everything, so uh, I thought that I had seen him make a U-turn. I had seen a car make a U-turn. But I wasn't sure, and I was mostly concentrating on getting me up. This call is from a federal prison. Getting the luggage out of the car. Uh, and so I started uh, toward the trunk, and the car seemed to slow its speed, or, you know, moderate its speed so that he would arrive at the corner at the same time that I did. And... After a while, I just decided that I was going to the Pontiac anyway. So I headed for the trunk, and he got there at the same time, the back trunk, where I was, threw his brakes on, threw his lights on, and opened up on me, and he uh, introduced his uh, pistol at me. And uh, I whirled, and uh, I, I whirled, and uh, put the uh, Pontiac between me and his car, as he was shooting, and I ran off into the woods. Uh, and he posted up, so I knew uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, there was no way I could get back. I was uh, unarmed. And uh, uh, I started back walking toward New York. So let me ask you, um, why why do you think uh, Asada is so revered in the in the liberation in the liberation movement, uh, in the Black radical tradition? Uh, her name is is spoken highly of, obviously. Uh, what what are your what are your thoughts uh, on your comrade? Oh well, she deserves it. I mean, she earned it. She had a forty something year love affair with the black people and the, the movement and the oppressed people, and uh, she's. Uh, been fighting for them for over 40 years, and you know, she deserves every reference or reverence that uh, you know she gets. And she's also uh, uh, very uh, courageous and 
and a beautiful man, intelligent, and a beautiful person in physically, uh, spirit, and uh, and in a, a, a attitude. So yes. she says all that in empowerment. Can you talk about the uh, the importance of giving uh, political prisoners a voice? And also, why do you believe that the U.S. refuses to acknowledge that political prisoners exist in the country? Uh, well, first thing, the U.S. has used uh, political prisoners and uh, human rights issues to uh, wedge into the internal affairs of countries all over the world. And then once they use that, and they also eventually get control of them or overthrow the country. Like, so the U.S. is not trying to uh, uh, provide uh, that kind of... Uh, attitude, even though the countries are too small to overthrow the U.S., it doesn't want to ever uh, let people give it a taste of its own medicine. Uh, as far as uh, uh, polit giving political prisoners a voice, basically uh, it, it, it depends on uh, who's doing the giving. Naturally, if uh, the oppressor gives political prisoners a voice, uh, anything they give, they can take away, and they're not going to. Uh, it's not going to be a, a valid voice anyway. Uh, political prisoners are representative of various uh, political uh, groups of oppressed people, and uh, def uh, oppressed people definitely need a voice. And political prisoners are the best people to uh, represent them, and that's what they are. They represent a uh, Various sectors of uh, the oppressed, the uh, uh, various oppressed races, nationalities, uh, uh, economic groups, class groups, uh, sexual uh, groups, uh, and uh, they're the main voice of uh, the oppressed people. So they uh, definitely need to uh, explain their side of uh, the issue. And that's why the U.S. does all it can to silence political prisoners so that uh, only one, the only side that gets out is uh, their side, the U.S. side, the government side. Uh, and that's basically why it's so important that political prisoners have a voice. Uh, that's, the, uh, that's the end of it. Okay. Hello? Can you talk Here's to that, yeah, hello? That, that beat, right? Yeah. Yeah. We got one minute before it cuts off. Okay, cool. All right, so um, I just want to – okay, cool. So I, if you could just give me a, a message to your supporters who haven't heard from you in a while, and uh, we'll end there. Like your message to people who haven't heard from you. Uh, um, my uh, supporters basically uh, know how to hear from them. And uh, I know how to uh, hear from them. So uh, uh, they've, uh, uh, they've uh, heard from me. When, you know, when they want it. Okay, cool. Well, I, I, I thank you for your time. Um, I'm, I'm certainly going to write to you uh, some more. And um, by, by all means, I, again, I, I thank you for your time. And uh, keep on, keep on, keeping on. And we thank you. I sure. thank you. All right, all right my brother. We'll speak soon. All right, peace.